0: Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: It is the Locked On NHL podcast, your Tuesday edition of the show. Joe DiBiase from Locked On Sabres, joined as always by Mike DiStefano from Locked On Leafs. I am about 24 hours uh, from my second COVID shots. I'm feeling it. But, I mean, Mike, I mean, I had, had couldn't take today off. I mean, we got, the Sabres are the biggest story in the league, of course, <laughs> on the yeah, day you- I got my second shot, so.
0: Yeah, you especially uh, <laughs> definitely need to be active here when it comes to this yep. old Jack Eichel stuff. Like, I don't even, not nonsense, but, like, man, did mm-hmm. he ever set off some shockwaves throughout the Buffalo area yesterday?
1: Yeah, he did. We'll talk plenty about
0: Eichel and Sam Reinhardt also, the Sabres going forward. I mean,
1: It's pretty newsworthy when your two best players um, both pretty much make it clear that they don't want to be a part of the organization anymore. So that'll be something that we talk plenty about today. Um, Also, some stuff going on in the North Division with Connor McDavid that we'll discuss. And we should really start with just the the fact that the U.S. NHL teams are going to be starting the playoffs on Saturday, and that will be before the Canadian teams. And my first thought when finding that out was, okay, well, that's not going to be great for the Canadian teams because they might be playing a more compacted schedule. But I'm also not sure it's going to be that uh, impactful. Once you talk about like the Canadian teams aren't going to be facing these U.S.
0: teams for still probably a month, you'd think. Yeah, about that. I I would think. Um, I I also had this like sneaky suspicion too that I think the NHL looks at these Canadian matchups and says. These might not take that long. <laughs> this can be done within four or five games. Whereas some of the other matchups down in the States, um, especially the one that's about to get going on Saturday, Boston and Washington, like I think that's gonna be a great grueling seven game series. So at the end of the day, I think Canada might be able to catch up rather quick. Yeah. So we'll see about that.
1: Um by the way, I saw Fred just as we're recording here, Frederick Anderson's gonna be starting tomorrow for the I, Toronto Maple Leafs.
0: Yes, I actually just saw that uh, saw that news as well. It seems like Sheldon Keith has come out and announced that uh, Freddie Anderson going to start his first game in in like almost two months, month and a half uh, against the Senators, which is uh, which is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. He had a couple of AHL games and he did not look good. Allowed six goals in a in a, a game and a half. So um, you know he wasn't looking too hot coming off of that injury, but we'll see what he looks like in front of an NHL defense. You know sometimes. When you're in the minors as a goaltender, your your numbers can get kind of deflated a little bit because the team in front of you isn't uh, isn't that great, and, and it's tough to, to kind of play in the minors sometimes. That's why you, if you look at like Bennington's stats and why he was mm-hmm. it's so awful in the minors, and he gets to the NHL and he lights it up. Sometimes that happens, you know, and it happens with a lot of goaltenders. And I think uh, so. I'm not taking too much into into account mm-hmm. there with the that bad outing. Plus, he's rusty, just trying to find his game a little bit. Uh, but yeah, he's gonna get uh, his first. First game action in a while but i think he's not going to be the number one the starting goaltender heading into the playoffs i think that's jack campbell's job um Mm -hmm. and it's to lose right and then even they brought in david riddich in the in the trade deadline
1: um so like anderson would dress probably for the start of the playoffs i
0: don't really know you could tell me better maybe or maybe that's just not known Well, I I mean, I would assume so. They want to get him in. He wants to get a game in. They want to get him a game in. Like, he's the number two for sure. It's interesting Mm. that you mentioned the word dress. I think he's the number two. Whether or not he sits on the bench as a backup is another story once the playoff rolls around. I would imagine so, but you never know. Sometimes uh, what what. Sheldon Keefe has done in the regular season was if Anderson had a night off it was like a full night off like he wasn't on the bench they brought up the third goalie and he would be the backup that night but it's the playoffs and things mm-hmm. are different the the wins are hard to come by and you need the best uh best goalie you know tandem you possibly can have and Anderson despite not playing for a while uh, I think is is a better option than, than David Riddick who hasn't really been that good since he uh since he got to Toronto. And uh, I asked you this question last week,
1: who you'd rather play? Because Toronto is one of the few teams in the league that's still do- that will make the playoffs That still doesn't know who their opponent will be. Could be Montreal, could be Winnipeg. Winnipeg's got two games left. Montreal's got one game left. The Canadians are at 58 points. Winnipeg is at 59 points. Um, the Jets, man, they just can't get it together. <laughs> they've, they've now won one of their last 11. Um, they, they snapped a seven-game losing streak, or maybe it was even more than that. Um, yeah seven game losing streak I mean, yeah. only to follow it up with losses to ottawa and vancouver um so
0: like come on like the jets right isn't that who you want to play no I, no I still think i'd All rather right. play montreal yeah the the thing with winnipeg is like Nick eulers, nick eulers yeah. isn't playing right now which i think obviously doesn't help he's Arguably, probably like their best forward. I know Mark Shifley gets a lot of love, and he's a great player. Kyle Connor too. But the season that Eels was having before he went out was was amazing. And I think that Winnipeg is really noticing now, since he's gone out, just how impactful he was to that lineup, and especially that offense, which has really, really dried up. They, they got some issues defensively as well. We talked about it, how not adding an, an impact defender – was a big mistake for Winnipeg at the deadline. They were kind of my, my losers of the North for not making an addition to that blue line, and, and that's kind of been a, another big issue with them. But at the end of the day, Connor Hellebuck uh, can really steal a series, and he's one of the best goaltenders on the planet. And I would rather not have to face Hellebuck and, and, a, and a healthy uh, Nick Ehlers-led offense as well. I would, I'll take my chances with the Montreal Canadiens, who Toronto's had decent success with um, this season.
1: Um, and then one other thing while we're in the North division, before we jump into some other stuff, uh, Connor McDavid crosses 100 points since we last spoke. I mean, he did it kind of easily. Also, I saw instead he has more points in the last 14 games, maybe than any devil has. Um, is it all season? Maybe it's all season. There's
0: some crazy stat like that. He's Uh, got more points in the last 12 games than the leading point scorer on the Detroit Red Wings. That's just unbelievable.
1: He's at 102 points in 54 games played. Um, I've saw, seen this discussion a little bit back and forth on social media about, okay, well, how much of this is because of the season? Like this, the weirdness of this year playing in inside your division only. I saw a couple good counterpoints that if you looked at the leading scorers in the North Division this season, you compare it to their their points per game, their goals per game in previous years. It's kind of 50-50. Like, there are guys that are at a much higher clip this year, but then there are a lot of guys that are at a lower clip. So to me, that means that I, I don't think it really should matter all that much.
0: I think there are points that can really go in both directions. You could look at it and say the fact that they're playing the same teams every single night um, definitely, I think, is an added benefit for the player you also take a look at the fact that their travel is much less so it, there's less air travel which is another benefit to the player they have fresher legs it allows them to go out there and and, and play a lot better i would think um, and, and but on the flip side like there's no fans so you have to create your own atmosphere and create your own adrenaline there's uh you know a bunch of covid restrictions so like mentally this has to be an extremely draining season and grueling process so you know Mm -hmm. i I think at the end of the day um there are some some benefits but also some some hindrances towards this season and i'm just going to chalk it up and say that they cancel each other out and mcdavid is having a hell of a season i mean 1.89 points per game it's just (laughs)
1: exactly unbelievable yeah um He has steadily increased. It's funny. Like he his. I'm looking at it right now. 1.07 is rookie year. Then 1.22, 1.32, 1.49, 1.52. And then
0: 1.89. Like he really has increased that number. Every single year. That's another one of the arguments, right? It's like, I mean, he's at that age now where his body is like getting to full maturity and he's Mm -hmm. ready to, you know, he's entering his prime and about to take the, the NHL by storm. Who says that if this was a regular season in an alternate universe, that kind of this is the year that he was going to take that next step, anyways, and become the most dominant player we may have ever seen in the game? Like, right. who says that in an alternate universe he doesn't have a hundred fifty point season with no COVID, COVID lurking around with all the all these asterisks that people are putting on them? Like that—that's honestly like a, a thought that I, that I have. It's really unfortunate that people are even having this this conversation because. Why can't we just marvel at the fact that we have an exceptional talent in Connor McDavid who is going out there and putting on a show every single night? And people just want to sit there and bash him and say, well... You know, it's an easier schedule. He's playing in the North. There's a lot of goals in the North. The goalies are bad. The defense is bad. You know, the the air travel allows them to play better, yada, yada, yada. At the end of the day, he still has to fight through this mental grind of this COVID-shortened season with a lot of restrictions, and he's just going out there, blocking out everything from the outside and just playing hockey, and he's absolutely murdering this season.
1: And he is on lists with guys that you're really only seeing, uh, points per game numbers from like the eighties and nineties, like Yager in 95 Adam Oates. He's got the identical number to Oates in 1990 Iserman Gretzky. Like he's on insane lists that nobody in this era has really, not that nobody's got close. Crosby got close one time, the 2011 season, he was at like 1.61, um, but otherwise McDavid is just taking that to a whole nother level with 1.89
0: it's, it's unbelievable um well, we'll he's let's take, good. go ahead. like that's it like like he's actually that good though like it makes sense and that's why i hate that that this argument is here it's like no he's actually just that good it is very mu- much possible that he's able to mm. put up these numbers because he's that good it's right. not because of the, the the covid season i think he's just the best player on the planet and maybe the best player we've ever seen. The most complete skilled player we have ever seen.
1: I think he's the best
0: player I've ever seen that, that I've ever watched. I think I would already give that to
1: him. It's just uh, the, the speed, the stick handling to go along with it. Like th- there's just no part of his game that it seems that he doesn't have. Like, well, he's think- got everything on an elite level.
0: When you think about the, the goaltending and, and the way that goaltending was back in the eighties and nineties, back in the heyday of, of Gretzky and, and Lemieux and all that. I mean, they barely taped together pads and, and never went into a butterfly. <laughs> and, you know, a cross ice pass is basically a, a goal, right? Like yeah. any shot on net went into the back of the net goal scoring was up way, way high. He had like seven, six games. And, you know, nowadays these goalies are, are, Fully padded up, they're out there stopping pucks left, right, and center. Um, and and save percentage and goaltending is actually up this year over the last few seasons as well. And McDavid is still kind of defying right. all the odds and, and just being that exceptional player he is and, and breaking these records in a year where goaltending has actually been better.
1: It's pretty crazy. I, he, by the way, is having this season, of course, as this Jack Eichel stuff is going all around. Um, <laughs> and of course, those two will always be connected from the 2015 draft. Uh, so we should probably transition to talking about Eichel here, given that we're, we're I'm, it's not quite kicking us while we're down, but it's like that was the guy we really wanted, and it didn't happen, and now he's the best player on planet Earth, and the Sabres might be about to kiss goodbye, their, uh, their prize from that draft. So... Um, Let's take a quick time out here, and when we come back, we'll talk about all that's happening with Jack Eichel, the Buffalo Sabres, Sam Reinhart as well a little bit uh, when we come back here on the Lockdown NHL Podcast with Joe DiBiase and Mike DiStefano. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized for you in just minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax-loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25 advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets and you can get your your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started, grow your wealth the easy way, and let, and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free, go to... Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL That's Wealthfront.com W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I mean, do I need to say any more? Are we good? No? Uh, 18 amazing flavors for the delicious Built Bar, Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. Those are the six new flavors to go along with your 12 original flavors. Peanut Butter Brownie, definitely my favorite of the original flavors. The bars are 100% covered in chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew, but built Bar, great for the healthy, conscious guy as well. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for a keto diet, and if you want an example... Peanut butter flavor, that's 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off of your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com rockauto.com a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand's specifications Welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast. Joe DiBiase from Locked On Sabres. Mike DiStefano from Locked On Leafs. Mike joined me on uh, our locker room from Monday that we were hosting on Locked On Sabres. Got a lot of interaction from fans there. That was my first experience with like just over and over and over and over. Like fan Right after you left, Mike, it was just Sabre fan after Sabre fan after Sabre fan. Just They're either pissed off at the organization, which was the, <laughs> the, the, the most... Uh, the, reaction that i got and then also a lot of well th- let him go you know like who who needs them like that kind of sentiment Like that's more your old school type of fan um i think that just will automatically side with the organization almost no matter what man i it just sit stewing with it for over 24 hours now it just it's um, unbelievable to me that we have arrived at this point and now we have some more details, though, as to why we're at this point. I think we all, we all knew for over a year now that this could be coming because of the Sabres' just inability to put a playoff team or even a, a close-to-playoff team on the ice in Eichel's career. So there was always a wonder of, well, will he want out because he just wants to go to a winning organization? Will he want to go to a winning team? And now just to have this injury thing compounding, the situation that's not helping the Sabres at all if they want to keep him along around long-term. Uh, we now know more about that situation from Elliot Friedman um, of Sportsnet, who wrote a story uh 31 Thoughts this morning, saying that basically Eichel wants to address his herniated disc injury in his neck with like, sort of an artificial disc surgery. It's a surgery that, as Friedman outlined, has no precedent for NHL players. There are some athletes in other sports that have had it. Chris Weidman of the USC had it a couple of years back. There was another boxer that had it, but like even, even other sports, you have a very limited sample size for this exact surgery, uh, artificial disc replacement that Eichel wants to have. And, Friedman said uncle had a very contentious exit interview with the organization. No one's commenting, but it's believed he's exploring uh, on the advice of his medical team, the artificial disc replacement, and that the Sabres are not thrilled with the idea and have not indicated whether or not they will approve. So this is an injury that has been, I mean, he's had it since March and we're still sitting here May 11th. And I mean, the rest, the rehab has been addressed, but there's been no decision made on surgery. Um, it's a it's a very unique and odd situation, um, so I don't know what your thoughts are on the whole injury part of it, but uh, the, on the overall, I don't think he's going to be in a Sabre uniform again, and I think that this this exact issue is part of the reason why. Not the whole reason, but part of it.
0: Yeah, I I think he's 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 as good as gone. Like even in in one of his quotes yesterday, I heard he said like wherever that may be, like I'll be ready. Hope, hopefully be ready to play next year wherever that may be. Which leads me to believe that he's he wants out, and uh, it's really unfortunate because you know I, I I I hate that Buffalo has gone through as much pain as they had because like the Pagulas have actually put money into this team. Like they've gone out they've made some big time free agent signings and they just haven't worked out. They've gone out. They've got a couple of coaches. They just haven't worked out. They've gone through a few GMs now and it just hasn't worked out. And now your star player is not working out. It's really unfortunate um, for, for ownership and for the fans and for, for people like you, Joe, who, who grow up cheering for this team and, um, clearly this is going to set the, the rebuild back a little bit. I would assume like Jack Eichel is, is a top, top talent in this league. And, you know, to, to get rid of him is, is, is gutting. I would, I would assume like I, if, if the Leafs traded Matthews or if Matthews demanded a trade, I I'd be gutted. Like I, I, that would suck. Like <laughs> There's just no way to sugarcoat it in terms of like, what's actually going on though, with this whole dilemma, I. It's really a sticky situation cuz in the CBA so the players have the right to um to elect to do surgery but the team has to okay what type of surgery they want to use. So th- they so the way that it goes, and I was listening to uh, Marty Baron break it down uh, on TSN yesterday. So the player can say I want to have surgery, okay? And he can also pick his surgeon. But the type of surgery and the process has to be okayed by the team, and then there's kind of that that gray area where it's like this is a person's like livelihood and a person's yeah. health, and having that linked to like your contract is kind of like weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't I don't I didn't know this until obviously all this came out, but I'm curious to think what you think about that and just like as a whole, like even Eichel aside, just the fact that the league and the team has so much say in what you do with your body and, and how you, um, the, the method or the treatment that you use to, to try and get your body, right?
1: Right. And now, I mean, we, what we're going to kind of be doing, I imagine for the next couple of months on lockdown Sabres, trade
0: offers,
1: trade offers. I mean, figuring out what, the value will be for Eichel. And you already have a little bit of that, both from uh, Friedman today and Pierre Lebrun. Friedman had in his uh, 31 thoughts that one of the obvious suitors is the Rangers who made a legit pitch one year ago. If they want to do it, they definitely can. They were not willing to do a first rounder last fall. It was the number one overall pick, but unless they win the lottery back to back, that'll be an option this time around. Um, that was interesting to me because what that kind of goes against what Pierre Lebrun who spoke to uh, of the athletic, who spoke to a bunch of NHL executives and asked them like what the price would be for Eichel, like what it will take to get a deal done. And maybe that is because Friedman's kind of coming at this more from like what the Rangers were willing to do. And LeBron's piece is more what the Sabres will, tr- what the Sabres would move him for because in LeBron's piece, the, when the Rangers were mentioned, it was Lafreniere, some first round picks and multiple prospects. Like that, for the Sabers to do a deal with the Rangers, that is what it would take, and they would not do a deal for anything less. And to me, by the way, that kind of does make sense because I know you don't want to have this stew for too long. But he is under contract until twenty twenty six, and if you don't get the value that you think he is worth, then I would not move him this summer because I could move him next summer. I could move him in season. I, I just I wouldn't want to feel like I'm rushed to do that because the Sabers did do that with Ryan O'Reilly a couple years ago where they wanted to rush that deal even though he was under contract, and it blew up in their face. So that's at least from the Rangers. Uh, Friedman said um, that he would expect that there will be a team that you don't imagine – or not a team that's not an obvious team that might pull the trigger on an Eichel trade. He says, Boston tries, but do they have the pieces? Uh no one lusts after centers more than Columbus but again do they have what Buffalo wants Philadelphia Anaheim Los Angeles Ottawa Montreal like he's mentioning a bunch of teams that he can see doing it
0: that I might would, not be
1: the first team that you think of
0: I I, I don't remember if it was for, I think it was in LeBron's piece where I read that maybe Minnesota might kick some tires and get yep. you know Kaprizov uh, a bona fide number 1 centerman which would make a, a ton of sense Definitely make a ton of sense. They got some defensemen that they could give up. They got some decent prospects that they could give up, draft picks. Um, so mm-hmm. Minnesota is another one of those dark horse teams that you wouldn't think would be would be in on a big trade like that, but may very well be. I I, I got to tell you, Joe, as much as you don't want to hear it, I think that uh, Jack Eichel is done. I don't think he, he takes a, another lap in a Buffalo Sabres uniform. I think this trade gets done this summer. This stuff always happens in the summer. You, you never want to do it mid-season because then, you know, teams' caps are, are already pretty much uh, to the top, especially now with it being a flat cap. Um, and, and your suitors end up going down too because then teams who are out of it aren't really necessarily looking to uh, to add big pieces like that mid-season. So uh, if this thing gets done, I think it, it has to be done this offseason because next summer, the his no trade clause kicks in, right? No movement clause. July 1st, 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, I suppose next year at the draft, assuming that the, the season um, has like the same, uh, the same schedule as normally, uh, mm-hmm. then maybe you could try and do it at the draft. But I, I think he's, he wants out. It's not going to be a good situation. The locker room, it already mm-hmm. seems like a really toxic locker room as is. Um, You would know more than I would, I guess, but, we've had him come out and say that he wants to change his scenery. I know Sam Reinhart uh, has has mentioned that. Yeah. Rista Linen said that he would welcome a trade at a Buffalo. And like <laughs> those are three pillars of your organization. Like those yeah. are three of your guys who you're trying to to rebuild around and they're all like, yeah, we'll we'll take a one-way ticket out of here if it's if it's an option. So I, I think that they need to just get guys who want to be there to change that culture. Um and then really kind of hit the reset button once again on this team. Just it's unfortunate, but I think that's what's going to have to happen. And it starts with Eichel because the the return that you can get for Jack Eichel would be monstrous, absolutely monstrous. I'm not so sure Lafreniere. A couple of firsts and a couple of prospects that seems a little rich for me. Um, but certainly I think that uh, you can definitely get a nice haul to kickstart. That that new re- rebuild <laughs> that I think mm. Buffalo is going to have to go back into.
1: Yeah, Reinhardt is interesting, too. R- Ristolainen, I mean, he's basically said he'd welcome a trade, like, the last four years. Um, and Sabre fans have wanted him traded for, <laughs> like, four or five years. So, that guy, I, I will never believe that he won't be here. He will survive a nuclear holocaust, and he will still be <laughs> floating around in a Buffalo Sabres uniform. He'll just never leave, and it'll just always be, like, it, it'll finally happen. Like, he wants, he's wanted to leave, he's asked for a trade multiple times, and he's got one year left on his deal. So, that is coming to an end. Um, the Reinhardt Saga is maybe more interesting because he's an RFA but he has leverage because he can come at the Sabres and say, I know I can't leave now, but I'm not signing anything more than a one-year deal. And then at the end of that one year, I'm an unrestricted free agent. So he can kind of force the Sabres hand uh, this offseason. Again, I think what you're saying about Eichel is probably right. I think in an ideal world, I would like it to not be true that you could wait on that because, again, you have him under contract for five years. But I think what you're saying there is probably right. Reinhardt is definitely right because he can force the Sabers' hand this offseason. And I think that affects Eichel also. Eichel and Reinhardt are like their best buds on the team. Like They've lived together um, multiple years. They were roommates for their first couple of years in the league. Um, they've been riding shotguns side-by-side side in the same line basically their whole careers. And if Reinhardt ends up out of Buffalo – I mean, if you already didn't think that Eichel was being as direct as he could, saying he wants to be traded yesterday, then Reinhardt would just push him over the edge. Um, yeah. That was mentioned, too, by Friedman, that he knows of a couple teams in the Western Conference that would want to pull the trigger on a Reinhardt deal, who is from Vancouver. Um, and I can tell you from things I've heard behind the scenes that he wants to be closer to home. Uh, yeah, if, nice, if he were to weird. leave Buffalo. So.
0: Yeah, and, and Vancouver would be a really nice spot a really nice spot. Uh, you know, they, they could definitely use a, another top six winger and you get yourself a guy like, like Sam Reinhardt. Uh, mm. That'd be a really good fit. I don't know if they have the pieces necessarily to do it. Although.
1: I, I haven't thought a lot do. about what he would cost. It's really because I've been spending most of my time on like what you would get for an Eichel trade. Yeah. Um, I have not spent a lot of time on like what's, I mean, he, he was 10th in the NHL in goals last season. He, it's not like you wouldn't get a lot, but it yeah, also it, probably it, wouldn't it, be a mega offer like Eichel.
0: Yeah, no, like I'm not thinking you're thinking multiple firsts or anything like that, right. but you would probably need a first round pick. I mean, the Canucks, their first round picks probably going to be top 10, so I don't know if they would rather give that up, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think that the, the Sabres are in, they're, they're in a crossroads right now where they need to figure out like, okay, what are we going to do here? Are we heading into another rebuild? reluctantly, but are we doing this? And if so, I think Reinhardt's got to go. Eichel's got to go risk the lining you see if you can get anything for him um and and whatever else may be available uh you know that i guess you can move you would know the roster a little bit better than i do but Mm -hmm. i I think that uh yeah it's it's gonna be more dark days ahead for buffalo i think
1: yeah i i think so at least for one more year The, the the one light at the end of the tunnel is when they went young last season they got instantly better like Dylan Cousins in a bigger role looked awesome. Middlestat looked a lot better. Daleen and Yoki Haru on the blue line looked a lot better once they were asked to play bigger roles. So, did th- you, you don't God? Did you just call
0: three days ago
1: last season? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> well, okay. Th- the reason I did that is because this season fell over for like the last three months. So uh, yeah, <laughs> okay. that's why. But no, you're right. I did. Um, <laughs> the actually there's one trade I want to run by you because I know you're a big Canucks guy. And that's where Reinhardt is from. So I've only thought about this for a couple minutes, but let's say that that let's say the Vancouver pick is right where they're slotted in the lottery, which is ninth. That's the ninth overall pick in the upcoming draft. Reinhardt for the ninth pick and Braden Holby, who would actually almost be, I don't, would he be a favor to Vancouver by taking that salary? Because I would imagine with Demko's new contract, they don't want to be spending $10 million on their net.
0: That will get accepted so quickly, so <laughs> quickly. I would imagine that there would have to be conversation about an extension uh, before that that happens. Like yep. if he comes and he's like, oh, I'm just going to sign a one-year deal as an RFA. I doubt they do that. But if they talk to the agent and they work out an extension long-term, sign a, a five, six year deal or something like that, which also mm-hmm. I, I don't even know if they could do because they have to sign Pedersen and, and Hughes that right. summer as well. Right. So I don't know. Actually, I, I mean, getting rid of Holby definitely helps. Clears up four million dollars in cap space. If maybe they can take just to take on money, right. um, Perhaps then then something else could happen. Maybe you want Tyler Myers back? I don't want Tyler Myers back. <laughs> no, I
1: unfortunately I do not. Uh, not on what's this? Is the contract uh, six million? Yeah,
0: no. Yeah. Uh, I love Tyler Myers growing up, but I don't want that contract. <laughs> yeah, no, um, not, not, not playing the greatest, but uh, yeah. in terms of like value, I would say that that's probably like fair value. I, I don't know if the, the cap and numbers would work, mm-hmm. but in terms of value, I think that's probably that's adequate. All right. Well, I'll I'll keep thinking about Reinhardt deals. Eichel is going to
1: be the one, of course, that's more interesting throughout. Um, so... Yeah, that's going to do it for now on the Locked On NHL podcast. We'll see if there's any more developments on Eichel by Friday. Me and Tom Gozola, I'm sure we'll talk plenty about it also on Friday. Um, and you got plenty of it on Locked On Savers. We are Jack Eichel Central right now uh, as Tom or as uh, as Mike gets ready for fun stuff like the NHL playoffs. Um, very jealous, but <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, man, you uh, at least the Eichel comments do give you a little bit of material over the next couple think, of months, right? Oh professionally
1: it, it, it's content exactly so that I'm okay with um by the way one last quick thing I saw who was it was it Greg washinsky maybe it was somebody else was saying that they really want a Bruins Leafs Stanley Cup final um,
0: um <laughs> wait what you don't want that <laughs> uh no
1: no you don't want it
0: <laughs> no I don't I mean like Kind of, because it would be awesome to like exercise their demons against the Bruins and in to the do finals. that in, in the Stanley Cup Final and like win the, right. the the cup against the Bruins. It would be, it would probably be like the most special. Um But the kind flip side scenario. is, if you
1: lose it, it's going to feel a billion times
0: worse. Oh my <laughs> god! Like it, there'll be some suicidal thoughts within it <laughs> if that happens. Yeah, no, that I don't know if I even want to chance that to be honest with you. Which, okay, but but. This is a legitimate possibility, though, because you right. and I are both big on, on Boston. Also, how right were we about Taylor Hall absolutely lighting it up once he got there?
1: He has been unbelievable. He had two goals last night, right? I saw the yeah. overtime winner, which was unbelievable. Uh, toe drag around the defenseman, backhand, top shelf. Um, yeah, eight goals and six assists in four, in 16 games. I mean, just unreal. You, um, you know who-
0: you know has he been even better than uh, like th- what this trade has done for uh, for his teammate. Hold on, I'm just gonna quickly pull it up here. What he's done since the the deadline? Uh, yeah, David Krejci, 21 mm-hmm. points in 16 games since the deadline. Since wow. you know uniting with Taylor Hall and, and having a legitimate top six, and that is exactly why I thought that Taylor yep. Hall was going to be an amazing addition because that gives Boston a second element of offense and just that punch. So it's not just shutting down the perfection line because now they got another unit that can go out there and score just as much. And that's exactly what they've done since the trade. And, uh, Boston's going to be a handful here in the playoffs and Hey, I'll start Saturday, baby playoffs. Saturday. We got the
1: playoffs and said, we'll be talking about playoff games next week. So I'm fired up for that. Um, All right, well, that's going to do it for us today on the podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, For Joe DiBiase and Mike DeStefano, it's been the Locked On NHL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.